Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, we we talked about it a little bit last week, but we're going to do something a little different on today's show. Uh, usually we have some news to kind of talk about, uh, run fans through, catch you up on things like that, and maybe even give our thoughts on how things are shaking out. But to be honest with you, with everybody kind of quarantined right now with this coronavirus going around, uh, we don't really have a whole lot of news. You know, I was just asking you, uh, kind of before we started the, this, this episode, you know, if there was anything newsy that we could kind of recap and, uh, neither of us really have anything. So, uh, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to actually, talk about some of our favorite experiences uh, at Florida games, uh, most of them as fans, a couple of them as reporters, um, because we thought that would be fun. You know, it's always it's always entertaining going back and looking. So, uh, Blake, how do you want to do this? I guess you want to just go sequentially with some of these uh, some of these games that we have in mind? Yeah, sure. I think that's the best way to go. Just, uh, you know, my family growing up, you know, my family actually had season tickets to Florida. So, you know, my first game that I ever went to, uh, was a 96 game where Florida beat Kentucky 63 to zero or something like that. It was this big blowout game. So that was when I first started kind of experiencing Florida games. You know, at six years old, I was more worried about, you know, like playing catch and, you know, throw them up, bust them up and, you know, all these other things before the game, you know, in the tailgate and whatnot. So, you know, as I kind of got into the years of learning football and kind of understanding things, you know, looking back, I did get to see a lot of great players at Florida. Um, you know, I got to see a lot of great teams, but it was weird, you know, growing up, my parents only wanted to take me to teams or games that, you know, were kind of easy wins, you know, ones that usually my mom or somebody, you know, cooler, higher up on the food chain of me in the family, um, you know, they, they gave them the first option. But my first game that I really got to go to um, that was, you know, kind of a bigger game uh, was probably the 2003 Florida State game. Uh, and, you know, I, I know a lot of Florida fans are looking at that one as like, man, that's one of your favorite games. And, you know, maybe not one of my favorite memories looking back because obviously, uh, you know, it was kind of a dagger at the end. Florida, you know, loses this game in the last two minutes, you know, with a long touchdown catch by PK Sam for Florida State. Um, but, you know, just seeing how things kind of went down and, you know, watching Florida, you know, kind of growing up at that time, you know, 13, I really started to get to know, you know, like the ins and outs of football. I really started to learn formations and how things went, you know, little thises and thats. Um, and that was Chris Leak's freshman year for Florida. It was really up and down. You know, Rex Grossman was kind of the guy that, you know, minus Danny Warfel, but, you know, whenever I really understood football, Rex Grossman was, you know, like the big Florida quarterback. Then he turned over things to Chris Leak, who I knew was really highly touted. You know, he was a big-time quarterback, um, you know, just when he was recruited for Florida. Um, and it was such an up-and-down year with that year being at his, you know, his freshman year at Florida. Um, but that 20, 2003 game against Florida State, you know, seeing that one in the last couple minutes, um, it's funny, I was talking with you about before the game, 
you know, that was a game that my dad, I went with my dad to that game, and I was actually old enough finally, you know, I see all these Florida fans that are kind of mocking Florida State, you know, when they do the, you know, the chop, but they're putting up a middle <laughs> finger out there, and, you know, I'm like, Dad, can I do that? And he's like, ah, you're old enough. So, like, I'm feeling like I'm the man. You know, I'm 13 years old. I'm getting to throw up the middle finger in front of people and not get in trouble for it. So, you know, it was it was really memorable in that sense just because it was a good bonding experience with my dad. Not the type of environment that I wanted leaving that game. You know, you, you leave the games like that. Whenever Florida would lose a game like that um the opposing fans would always shout out it's great to beat a florida gator you know so i remember walking out of the stadium and just that echoing everywhere my dad is like super mad you know i'm kind of whatever with it you know i'm 13 i'm just like hey man can we you know we get some like mcdonald's on the way home i would love a happy <laughs> meal um you know maybe a, a double cheeseburger here and there but i just remember that game being such a moment at the end where you know i knew enough about football to know that florida had the upper hand um and it was really just a late dagger there and i just remember just everyone kind of looking around at each other with the last minute, just thinking like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, so my, my background with uh, Florida football, I wasn't a huge college football fan uh, growing up. You know, I, I come from uh, just north of New Orleans. So in Louisiana, everybody there is an LSU fan. And I don't know, me being the rebellious kid, I never really, I would be that little kid that would pull for Tulane. Uh, but so my first the first real college football exposure that I really remember was family related because I have an uncle that was a big FSU fan. Uh, and then uh, my grandfather was a, a University of Miami alum. Um, but I remember specifically the, the Florida's national title game against Florida State uh, because that was played in New Orleans. So it was all anybody was talking about. Watch that game. Kind of fell in love with Danny Werfel. And, and then uh, the Saints ended up going and drafting him. So uh, I was kind of, you know, tuned into the University of Florida from there on. And, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just it's interesting that, you know, just listening to your stories, kind of tracking back the memories of like, you know, how we got not only to the point, you know, where we were huge Florida fans, uh, you know, both went there and all that. Uh, but to the point where now we get the chance to do it as as reporters, it's, it's pretty cool. So I, I that was totally ungame related. But uh, I, I don't know. Just you caught me with that one. Yeah, you know, the next one that I went to was a little older. You know, Florida's obviously getting better. And I remember that 2006 Florida, South Carolina game where, you know, Jarvis Moss is coming around the end, he blocks at the end. I just, that was probably the loudest moment, I think, maybe at one point, I think I've ever heard Florida. I know there was like rumors of, you know, I remember just growing up and hearing that like the, you know, the the, the loudness of the stadium was almost measured as like a small earthquake. It was that loud. You know, I don't know if it, you know, I'm not a scientist, but you know, I, I don't know, but it was really loud. I can tell you that. And I just remember that game. You know, Florida was going on a national championship game at Spurrier's first game, coming back into the swamp as the head coach at South Carolina. So, you know, the place is like electric for this game. You know, it was I was really like happy that my parents let me have this ticket to this game. I had, I was 15 at the time, so I had to go up my family, so I couldn't drive. So I was like, man, sucks. I have to go with my parents still because, I, was, you know, that's the age where you start to want to do things on your own. But that was such a good experience. You know, I have a lot of these kind of experiences with my family. I actually went to my mo with my mom to that game, um, and I remember that game where they just blocked the field goal, and it was just so loud. It was so crazy. Um, and Florida went on to win the national championship that year, and it was just such a, a really good Florida team. And that, that game, probably out of all the this, this games in the 2006 season, I think that's the one that really stuck out to me the most of you know just kind of the entire national championship run for Florida. I mean, there were a lot of good ones, that Alabama game where they come out in the throwback jerseys. Um, you know, they're celebrating 100 years of Florida football. I mean, there were so many good games that season, but that South Carolina game coming down to the wire like it did, Spurrier coming back, I mean, it was just so loud. And that just single moment was, you know, one of those moments where, you know, I had always really followed Florida football from, you know, a young age, even, you know, my family, you know, you couldn't like any other team when you were in that house um 
so uh, that game was really one where I just, you know, was kind of in awe with just kind of the big time players. When you look back now, when you're way older and you look at all those guys on that team and um, that was a really special year. And that's probably the most memorable game for me that season. Yeah, that's the one that, you know, when, when Florida fans ask me, you know, what are some of the best games or lattice moments in the swamp that you've been to? That's the one I really wish I had been at. Uh, I, I was actually already accepted to UF at that point, And, you know, I, I want to say I was a senior in high school um, that year. And I remember following Florida very closely. Um, and that one that one was kind of like when you started to think, OK, man, this might be the team that, you know, has something special going. And uh, it's funny, man. I remember, like I said, I'm, I'm from like a huge LSU country. I remember my senior year um, after Florida had, had gotten into the national championship the national championship game was played uh, right in the middle of like a three-day senior retreat for my school. Uh, so we were all kind of like having to do these school activities. So I, I wasn't able to watch the game live uh, against Ohio State. But I remember, and, and I kind of was known as like, you know, the big Florida guy because I was, I was going to Florida and everybody else, you know, LSU. So they were ragging me about it. You know, be like, oh, Florida's going to get killed. And I'm like, nah, man, nah, man. And then we start, I start getting like text updates at the time. Um, you know, that uh, Ted Ginn ran back the, the opening kick, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And then the text just kept rolling in, and every time I'd, like, lean over to my buddy and be like, dude, we're killing them. Like, this is this is awesome. So I was like, dude, I was super stoked. Florida was coming off a national title. I come into Gainesville the next year, and, uh, man, it, it we had one of the best runs when I was in school. Um, Florida did, at least. Uh, it was incredible, man. National title, Heisman. Yeah, go ahead. For being a guy that was in Gainesville for those times, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I graduated high school in 2008, so I just missed the cusp of, you know, getting into Gainesville when these national championship runs. And I think that's a good point that you bring up from someone who was in Gainesville for, you know, the basketball national championships, obviously Florida's 2008 national championship. What was Gainesville like whenever you have a big national championship like that? Dude, it was nuts. Um, <laughs> I have some stories I probably can't tell on this podcast. Um, Let's but, keep it so, PG here, TG. Yeah, I lived at... Uh, I'll, just just speaking of national championship celebrations, I think because I, I was at UF for the 2008 championship, um, I think that Gainesville had kind of gotten a little bit used to the big championship celebrations by that point. So I don't know that that was one of the craziest. Um, my cousin was a, a senior my freshman year at UF. So he got he got to go through all the basketball ones, you know, the first national championship for basketball. Uh, and he said it was absurd. But I used to live uh, at the courtyards right on um, – right off uh, Southwest 13th. So we were like, you know, the prime spot. Everybody came to our place to watch the game. Uh, we, we had a kegerator, so, you know, we had beer was flowing. And uh, I just remember the, uh, you know, when Ahmad Black had that pick in the second half, that was when we, we kind of knew it was over, man. We were, we, were, we were like, okay, at what point do we start to flood university? You know, we were like debating, do we leave like at the, right at the end of the game? Do we leave with a couple minutes to go? Like, how do we get out there? And, uh, Dude, it was crazy. I mean, there were just so many people in the streets. Everybody's selling, uh, celebrating. You got some guys like trying to climb the grease light poles and stuff, and um, everybody's drinking. So, like, I, dude, I remember watching like guys just lining up at the chemistry building, like having a pee, and cops like putting handcuffs on them. It was absurd, man. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I man, have heard stories whole... at the 06 championship game. They weren't quite as prepared for things as they yeah. were in the 08 national championship. Exactly, man. Yeah, you could tell it was more of like a little bit of a tamer probably than what, you know, the previous couple years had been. But it was still it was insane. It was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And um, I consider myself pretty lucky, man, to have gotten to Florida when I when I did. Uh, you talk about Tim Tebow winning a Heisman, uh, you know, his freshman season and, you know, getting I mean, we, you know, I had a, I had a buddy that played with Tebow at Nice, 
so he introduced me to him like very early on in my freshman season, uh, fresh, my freshman year. And uh, it, it was just cool, man, being around those guys, those stars. And, and I don't think I appreciated at the time kind of how big it was. And, and that, dude, that doesn't happen often in college football when you get that much talent and, and that many just elite games, elite players. Uh, it was really cool. So, so moving on to some of my, my kind of games that were the favorites for me. Obviously, being from Louisiana, the LSU one was kind of like uh, the big deal for me. Um, my cousin was my cousin, who's also from Louisiana, uh, had gone to Florida, and uh, we have a bunch of other people in the family that have gone to LSU. So every year, uh, you know, my cousin and his friends would always travel to either game, um, and it was just like a huge party, you know, competitive uh, drinking games, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I remember the 2007 buildup, you know, Florida's coming off a national title. LSU had a really, really good year. And uh, I remember, you know, the week before the 2007 LSU game, uh, or maybe it was two weeks before. I think there was a buy-in between. But Florida had lost to Auburn on that West Bynum, uh, you know, gator chomping field goal. Uh, so that was really surprising. And, and so we were kind of going in to Baton Rouge a little bit. Um, not not scared, obviously. I mean, but but we were like, we we're like, oh, man, LSU's number one. Like, we just lost to Auburn. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit of a reloading year. And uh, that had to be one of the best games that I've ever seen um, in person. I mean, it was insane. And the one thing I remember about that 07 game, uh, Florida actually was, you know, felt in control for a good bit of that game. And the one thing that absolutely turned that game around was when the PA announcers in the stadium announced that Stanford had upset USC. And, man, so the backstory on that, if you're not familiar, USC had basically claimed a shared national title with LSU when LSU won in 2003. And so there had been kind of LSU fans just absolutely hated USC. This was right after the Pete Carroll dynasty. And um, so when they announced that Stanford had beaten uh, USC that year, I swear that place came unglued, man. And uh, I had seats two rows up right behind the Florida bench. Uh, my cousin was with me and, and I looked over at him and I was like, like, we didn't even say anything. It was just like you could feel the entire momentum in that place shift. And then I think if memory serves me right, I think uh, Keiston Moore fumbled like right at very shortly after that. And it just Florida just could not do what it needed to to pull out the win. That was the, you know, the famous Jacob Hester with all the fourth down conversions. And uh, again, it's it's still sur surreal to me to, to be talking back at some of these games. You know, I've I've been on Jacob Hester's radio program. I, I do their. Uh, the, you know, the, the pregame show for Florida LSU as the visiting uh, as the writer or reporter that they do. So it, it's really weird, like looking back on that, you know, and I, I was right there on the 18 yard line on that last one that he converted. And I swear to this day that, man, he looked short and got like a great spot. But uh, yeah, man. And then just the, the turnaround the next year, because it was obviously Florida lost that game. And then, you know, you have 2008 and they they lose to Ole Miss, which, you know, I got stories about that one, too. But, uh, you know, what made that 2008 LSU game where Florida just went and blew the doors off LSU so cool was you had that, you know, that buildup from that previous year. You're talking the last two national champions in 2008. And then, you know, Percy busts that one. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, spikes kicking balls into the stands. And it was just like, man, the floodgates in that 08 game just were open. And it was crazy, man. Complete, complete reversal of, you know, such a tight game the year before. I remember that, and you hit the nail on the head when I think back to that 07 Florida LSU game. I just think of Jacob Hester just always getting that fourth down play, 
I remember being kind of on the edge of my seat that, you know, is Florida going to stop them? Are they going to do this? And it just never did. And by the end of the game, you're just like, oh, here it is, fourth down. You know what's coming. You know what's happening. It continued to. That, that was definitely a frustrating game to watch. I wasn't there. I watched it from the TV from afar, and it was definitely a frustrating game to watch. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, you know, there were just so many good games in that little that little period of time where I was in school. I mean, uh, I had always heard about, you know, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, but had obviously never been, being from Louisiana. And uh, I'll never forget my freshman year. We're sitting in the dorms, uh, East Hall on campus, uh, the engineering dorm for us nerds. And uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know who said it, but we were. it was like Friday afternoon at like maybe 3 o'clock. And I, I was probably talking about the game because, you know, uh, I'd be getting all amped up as soon as we got done with our last classes Friday. And someone in the room just said, hey, y'all want to go? Y'all want to go to the game? Like, let's go. And uh, I had a buddy, the buddy that, you know, went to Nice with Tebow. Uh, he was like, yeah, man, y'all can stay with me. So like six or seven of us all piled in. We drove that that Friday afternoon in 2007 uh, to, to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And I, we didn't have tickets. So we kind of our plan was just we went into the landing and watched there. And uh, that that game, man. Oh, man, it just got off that, that whole start, man. It, for anybody that doesn't remember, man, Georgia scores right away. Uh, um, the entire team empties the sidelines and starts dancing. And and we were just, you know, we knew Georgia was good. Matt Stafford was, you know, the all-everything quarterback. So, you know, I thought he was overrated at the time. Clearly, I've been proven wrong. Um, but, yeah, and then so that, that 07 game set the stage for another one of my favorite memories, was the, which was the 08 game. Uh, because Florida loses in 07, feels extremely disrespected. You know, the Gators go into the entire offseason. Urban Meyer won't talk about it, won't allow players to talk about the dancing in the end zone thing. And then 08 comes, and we're we're down. I'm down there in the landing this time uh, in a little bit better of a spot by the big screen. And it, it, if you've ever been down there uh, the way it used to be, I don't know that it's still like that anymore. Um, but it would be fans just packed shoulder to shoulder from both schools, and they'd have a big screen out there. And I'll never forget the, you know, the game starts and a couple plays in, man, Brandon Spikes just comes right up the middle and just absolutely obliterates Sean Marino. And he's he's talking junk to him on top of him. And, uh, dude, I don't know how I didn't get punched because I was probably the most obnoxious fan there. I mean, when I say it was pandemonium after they hit, every single Florida fan in there just lost their mind. And, and I don't know how there was not fights because we were we were talking so much to these Georgia fans after that hit. And then, you know, Florida just absolutely crushes Georgia the entire way. Urban Meyer's calling timeouts at the end of the game. Dude, it was it was absolutely insane. Uh, so those those two, like, back-to-back years, I think, uh, anytime you get that rivalry really going, you know, back and forth, where there's a couple good games each year or some storylines like that, dude, that's, that's, to me, what college football is all about. That's why it's fun. Like, you know, the uh, – I know another game that we'll get to probably after a commercial break is uh, the 2016 LSU game, you know, where they get the pregame scuffle between Leonard Fournette and Torian Gray and dude, stuff like that. Even the Auburn game this year, you know, it was the the Auburn game this year. They had one of their running backs kind of, you know, uh, rile things up with Florida's DBs. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's amped to to another level. To me, that's what college football is all about, man. And that's kind of one of the things, too, but I remember after the 2003 Florida State-Florida game that I mentioned that was, you know, they call it the swindle in the swamp. You know, you're looking back, you know, there were definitely some questionable calls there, and, you know, tempers were flaring after that game. And I, I just – that's what I remember from just kind of growing up with the Florida-Florida State games, how you mentioned, you know, those memorable games where, you know, they're getting in their face. You know, Florida State players are jumping on the F midfield, and the Florida players are trying to react. 
Um, reminds me of a couple years ago, the 2012, I think it was, Florida-Florida State game in Tallahassee where mm-hmm. the players are doing uh, snow angels on the Florida State head. They've got the Florida flag in there. You know, those like that, you know, rivalry games, whether the team's good, whether the teams are bad, that, that's just what makes those games memorable. Dude, that 2012 game, real quick before we go to a, a slight commercial break, I, the funniest image I've ever seen, I think, from a college football game was when Florida State scores uh, as time's running out. And I, I want to say it was Luchez Purifoy, but it might it have been Jalen Watkins. Jalen Watkins, okay. Jalen Watkins is just kind of like sitting there like, and he like, I think he clapped or he was like, cool. He, he throws up a scoreboard. touchdown. He throws yeah, up a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, he calls it himself. He claps, and then he points to the score. Oh, man, that's so classic, man. That, that is classic rivalry. Like, don't even care that you just scored because we beat you. Like, we just let you score. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. Anyway, let's take a, a quick commercial break here, Blake, and then we'll come back with uh, a couple more recent games and, and maybe kind of the shift uh, in perspective now that we're you know on the other side of it, not necessarily as fans, but as reporters, right after this break. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. We're kicking around some of our experiences from the fan side of things today. Uh, just kind of reliving some of those memories that we had uh, you know, with college football and the rest of the sports world on hiatus right now. Um, Blake, I wanted to real briefly, uh, I know I said we were kind of going to look forward to our, uh, what we've covered as reporters, but the 2009 season is a really interesting one for Florida, particularly because I was in school then. Um, I remember that that year in particular was so strange because Florida returns, you know, so many guys from a national title winning team. Tebow's back. Spikes is back. You have just this huge amount of expectations. And I think starting with like the Tennessee game that year, that was the Lane Kiffin year, right? Where uh, Florida fans were kind of convinced that they were going to, you know, take Kiffin to the woodshed. And you started to see it there where Florida won, but it wasn't it wasn't a win that kind of got everybody excited. Like, you know, you had talked all season long about Lane Kiffin and just wait till we get on the field. And then I think they only won by like 10, something like that. It wasn't it wasn't a very convincing win. Um, what were your memories of that 09 season and, and kind of just the the vibe of it felt like everything was a struggle. It did. And, you know, I think the game that sticks out to me whenever you, I mean, it hits the nail on the head of just a struggle is this the 09 Arkansas game. 
you know, Arkansas is, it's, I mean, my, Ryan Mallett is their quarterback. I mean, they have a great quarterback, you know, a, a guy who is, you know, a big time player, but it was not a good Arkansas team by any means. Their defense was not very good. And, you know, here they are holding Florida to this nail biter game. You know, this Florida team, like you said, that returns all these pieces, all these big time players. They've got Tim Tebow, you know, they've got all these weapons on offense and, and it was just this ugly game and probably one of the ugliest games, I think, you know, during the Urban Meyer years, you know, during those really dominant years, I think that was probably the ugliest game that I saw. Where they're, you know, going back and forth. Um, Florida finally guts out this, you know, late field goal to take the lead, 23-20. It's late in the game. Kayla Sturgis uh, hits this field goal after Tebow has, I, I think it was like almost like a 70, 60-some-odd yard uh, touch, or excuse me, scoring drive for Florida going down there. And I just remember Arkansas always finding a way, always finding a way, and to the point where they're in field goal range, you know, where they can tie things up, you know, send this thing into overtime and, you know, really kind of keep Florida on the ropes. Because, I mean, in general, that entire game, Arkansas had Florida on the ropes. You know, those are games that, you know, when you look back at those great teams, you know, those number one ranked teams like Florida was, those teams that went undefeated during their regular season, those are the kind of games that great teams, you know, maybe you don't play great, maybe you look like crap, but you find a way to win. Sure, that they did. They found a way to win that game. Great players find a way to do that. But I just remember the place going nuts. Uh, Arkansas has a chance to go into overtime. Their field goal kicker had already missed a field goal earlier in that game, which you know was obviously costly when you look at how things kind of ended up there. Uh, I want to say maybe there was like two, three minutes some odd left on the clock. He misses another field goal. I mean, the place goes absolutely nuts. My mom, who, mind you, is like four foot 11. I go to this <laughs> game with my mom, um, and, you know, I, I'm – you know, I'm there, uh, and, and the place is going nuts, and she's jumping. She, you know, because she's four foot eleven, she's standing up on the bleachers there, and she's like jumping on me, pushing me down. She dislocates my shoulder through like this, you know, this celebration or whatever. So that game is memorable because I had to go get my shoulder set after that game, which was not <laughs> fun. Um, but just how ugly that was. Florida finds a way to win. I, I just, I'll never forget just seeing that place go so crazy after missing that field goal. Um, and obviously, it was not fun after that game, but it was definitely a fun experience. Yeah, my experience with that 2009 Arkansas game, I remember uh, I was sitting kind of near the band slash the fan, the visiting fans uh, are seated. And I will not forget, man, there was this one Arkansas couple that just couldn't understand that everybody in the student section stands on the bleachers. Right. And this couple just complained and complained and complained to the point where they got cops to come in and make the students sit down or they would kick us out. And we were like, dude, you're coming into our stadium Everybody does this all the time. Like you have to deal with it. Okay, that that was my experience with that 09 Arkansas game, man. I still remember it. I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, I've had a couple of games where I was in the student section where people wanted me to sit down, and I definitely didn't. Home field advantage, guys. Oh, you know what game I left off my list, dude? Uh, two thousand. No, I, I think I had it on there at one point, but it, it didn't make the final cut. Two thousand nine FSU, man. Were you there for that game? I was, and I actually had it down as like an honorable mention, just because you know, j just what it was. You know, it, it's. The, uh, the iconic picture of Tim Tebow stiff-arming that guy in those, you know, really cool Florida jerseys, it being his last game in the Swamp, I think was just made it so memorable. Yeah, man. Uh, that game, so my story, dude, is really cool. I, I was literally right next to the Tebow family uh, at the 50-yard line. Uh, I've got pictures with uh, his whole family from that game. It was his last game, and, and the one thing you right. never forget is the last time he went out there for that final drive, man, uh, there was that, like, surreal sense of, like, dude, this is it. And I'll never forget all the flashes around, man. It was like opening night at the Olympics or something. Uh, that one was really cool. Blake, let's shift over into uh, into some games that we've covered as reporters now. Uh, you want to go ahead and launch us off? Sure. Yeah, I think one that was really memorable for me 
um, was the 2012 LSU game. You know, I'm kind of getting my footing there. You know, I'm, I'm fairly new still to, you know, covering things. And it was my first year covering football. I was covering it for WRUF uh, Sports Radio um, in Gainesville. So, you know, I'm kind of doing the radio thing. I'm, you know, I'm kind of getting my foot in the door with more TV. So it was really kind of early for me getting in there. And I just remember, I mean, it was an ugly game. Florida was having like this really magical run that year to where, you know, they had games that probably gave you a heart attack, and I'm sure you probably had lots of ulcers watching some of these games, you know, because it's this <laughs> gritty Florida defensive team with an under Will Muschamp, um, you know, who, who's really, you know, was had a lot of great players on that defense, but that offense was just at times just, I mean, it kept you up at night how bad it was sometimes and how inconsistent things were at times. But I remember the the play that sticks out to me more than anything there was when Matt Elam makes that big hit. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was on Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, um, he jars that fumble loose. And then I think there was, and I don't remember if it was the same play or an earlier play in there where Elam kind of makes the big hit and he knocks it out and he does like the putting you to sleep thing where he's kind of sitting there. And I remember being on campus and everyone there is calling him the Sandman after that. That was his little nickname <laughs> on campus was being the Sandman. Um, yeah. I was still a student then, but, you know, I was kind of getting my footing in there. Um, and it was just – it was a really loud game. You know, Florida, it kind of was one of those ones that went back and forth, and it could honestly gone either way at some times. But I just remember how – frustrating at times that season was for Florida because there are so many great players on defense. The offense had sputtered at times. You know, you, you won a lot more games than you lost that year, but um, some of those games are really frustrating, and at times that LSU won was frustrating, you know, just kind of seeing Florida sputter. Um, but the ending really was well, you know, went well for Florida, and the atmosphere was really great there. That was probably one of the latter games, I think, from start to finish, from me for being, sure. you know, part of, you know, the media then, um, at least in recent memory. Yeah, no, for sure. That 2012 season was weird, man, because you had the... Uh, you look the, back, you know, and there's so many draft picks, so many good There's so many good players, yeah, and they just couldn't get it all together for whatever reason. You know, Jeff Driscoll starts off the year. By by the time you get through the Tennessee game, people are talking about him as a Heisman candidate. Uh, you know, you beat Johnny Football in the season opener with Texas A&M having its first, uh, its first SEC game that year. And then the thing that stands out to me about that season, man, it was just like you felt like the team had a lot of potential, but then like it felt like the air just kind of slowly let out of the balloon all through the second half of the season. Like even the Vanderbilt game that year was like all Florida could do was run the ball. That was it. They, they were, the offense was so frustrating that day. Um, and, and you're in a tight game with Vanderbilt. And then, you know, eventually, uh, you know, Florida doesn't quite make it in the BCS. Notre Dame ends up ahead. Uh, I remember watching the, uh, the, the game, the Florida state game that we talked about earlier that was in Tallahassee that year. Um, we kind of we went to a Guthrie's and we're and we're kind of you know glued to our phones trying to see if if uh, USC would beat Notre Dame because if USC had beaten Notre Dame there was a pretty good chance that Florida would have played Alabama in the BCS title game but it, you know that didn't happen and then you know Florida comes out not not really motivated in that Sugar Bowl game against Bridgewater and uh, we all know what happened there but um, Blake I want to ask you and and we can we can talk about more individual games what's the biggest uh what's the biggest difference for you in terms of covering it as a reporter instead of a fan you know I think probably I mean easily the answer is tailgating you know yep. I, that's something I definitely <laughs> miss from college football like don't get me wrong I love my job I love covering the Florida Gators I love covering recruiting I mean this is it's a dream job for me easily but man sometimes I miss like tailgating and getting to watch some uh, first and foremost kind of piggyback off that I miss tailgating for sure but I also miss getting to see lots of college football games I mean I'm a college football nerd I'm a junkie I've loved college football from you know a young age of you know four or five I'm out there playing flag football you know and I've just I've loved football my entire life Um, and I think that's why I wanted to make it something in my professional life as well Um, but 
you know, I think the difference there is probably getting to watch as much college football as I probably like. Um, I definitely miss tailgating. Um, but I think one of the things that I like differently is just being in the crowd, you know, just being around mm -hmm. all the hype. You know, I, I've, I've had, you know, I, I've, I'm lucky because I, I have a little bit of a floater position on game day. You know, I'm down there on the field taking pictures early in the game. I'm kind of seeing what recruits are there. So I get to get the experience of being on the field, which was really cool for me, you know, to kind of start things out, you know, growing up, going to these games, being in the stands, um, to be on the field, you know, I, I, and it's funny, I have to walk down the stairs to go enter the field to, you know, kind of drop my stuff off. And I walk past my parents' seats. So I see all these people that I've, you know, grown up <laughs> sitting next to, and they always wave at me. And they always tell me like, you know, man, that's so crazy. You get to be on the field. You get to be down there. And it is crazy. I mean, I, I and I know there's a game we'll get into later that, I mean, was really crazy being on the field and how loud it was down there. But sometimes, man, it's just crazy being with, you know, like the people in the stands and seeing like everyone kind of amped. And, you know, college football for me, man, it's it's all about emotion. It's all about getting amped right. up. And, you know, you can't really do that in the on the field or in the press box or anything like that. But, man, down there with, you know, like all the fans, I mean, it, it gets pretty crazy sometimes in the swamp. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I always tell fans, you know, that ask me, they ask me, you know, what do you think about this team or that team? Dude, I was more prepared to answer those types of questions when I was a fan, because exactly. when you're a fan, you, you can watch, you know, you can watch the game right before the Florida game. You can watch the game right after the way our jobs work. Uh, unfortunately, you have to you have to put in a lot of outside time if you want to watch other teams, uh, because we're, we're you know, we're getting to the stadium three hours at least before games. Uh, we're in there doing press conferences and working after. So a lot of times we don't get to watch. Uh, as much football of other teams as we'd like. Uh, so, you know, we know Florida, you know, like the back of our hands because that's what we do every day. But we, you know, we're not always as good at making those comparisons from other teams. Um, and certainly, we, you know, we put in an effort to do that. Um, but that's one thing I always tell people. And then um, I, I think I'm with you. Like, the, I love what I do, man. Like, it's so cool to be able to um, convey some of that, that emotion, that energy, that passion uh, through our writing. But uh, when you're up in the press box and you're doing a job, it is a little different. You don't quite, like you said, you don't have that same sort of connection to the, just the energy in the stadium. I mean, you feel it. Um, but like when you're, when you're a fan, you know, those moments where, you know, your adrenaline just spikes because there's a big play. I and mean, it happens. I would say it happens a lot more often when you're in that fan setting. Um, there's, there's very few plays I would say that have genuinely kind of sent that, you know, tingle up my spine where your whole body is like, Whoa, you know, like just full on adrenaline rush. You know, I'd I point to those Tennessee games uh, in 15 and 17. You know, the Callaway touchdown made it do that. I mean, you know, uh, the the heave to Cleveland was was another one that did that. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan's run against Auburn this year. So you still get those moments and, and there's no doubt that they happen. But yeah, man, fans, y'all got to appreciate what you have, man. When you can make it to games, that's it's truly a special experience. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that sticks out to me. You know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the, the 2015 game against Tennessee. That was one that I was actually on the field from start to finish. I'm down there taking pictures. Um, I believe I was still working elsewhere at the time. I think it was before I had got to 24-7. So if not, it was my first. I actually, you know, I think it was the year before I had moved over to 24-7 and started working with you and Luke. Um, but I remember being down there on the field for that, that game where Callaway scores that touchdown in the last couple, you know, it, it, I mean, his time expired there. Um, well, close to it because Tennessee obviously had time to go down and, and miss that field goal. But I remember standing down there on the field, and I'm down there with a the Florida recruiting staffer. And, you know, we're kind of chatting things up. I mean, it was an ugly game for Florida where they had to kind of claw back and get back into the mix of that game. And I remember standing there and kind of seeing that, you know, you feel that momentum kind of starting to shift in this game to where, you know, Florida's got this shot. And I remember going up to him and saying, Florida's going to win by one. 
they're going to walk off and they're going to win this one. And, you know, we, it was kind of a joke at the time because Florida was down, you know, well, ha-ha, you're crazy. And then we come back, and, I mean, I, I, I un, you know, unofficially predicted how things were. I mean, total luck guess here that I just had. <laughs> and they actually do it, and he comes up to me. And, I mean, it was just – it was an exciting moment because not only did I get to see, you know, something exciting like that. For I mean, Callaway literally – there's pictures of Callaway scoring, and I'm there, like, looking like I don't even know what I'm doing with my life because just yeah. what have happened – I mean, I'm down there in that moment. There's so many people there. You get to see all all of the thing that made that exciting for me was seeing, you know, these Florida recruiting staffers and seeing all these guys that, you know, I'm kind of farther away from where the coaches are. They've got those guys kind of blocked off. But just seeing the guys in the program as excited as they are in that game, that's something that I did get to see that I would not have gotten to see if I was there as a fan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get the sense of how much these guys invest into it. I mean, sure. these are literally, this is their their livelihood, their careers. And uh, I think when, you know, I always like going down on the field towards the end of the games because you do get that genuine sense of, of you know, how much they've poured into it. That, that's that's one of the cooler parts of the job is, is being able to be on the sidelines at the end of games and see players celebrating or, or you know, uh, frustrated. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, Blake, if you have anything else to add, I guess, um, you know, we're looking pretty good on time here. So, uh what you got? Anything else? No, I mean, nothing else. I mean, one game to kind of throw in there was, I know we had it down in there, was that 2015 Ole Miss game. Um, easily the loudest game, I think, that I've covered um, from start to finish, just how the swamp was rocking. Florida comes in, they, you know, they're un- or, uh, you know, the underdog in that game. Um, that was probably one of the most memorable moments for me in my professional career outside of that 2012 LSU game. Yeah, I think, you know, that uh, the reason I had that one on the list is because it's kind of interesting. You know, Florida's gone through this cycle where – you know, when we came into school at UF, you know, it was top of the world. And that was just kind of the baseline expectation. And then, you know, you have that frustrating 2009 season. And then obviously you've gone through two coaches since, uh, you know, Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain. And that 2015 Ole Miss game was such a bizarre, it was just so unexpected. You know, a top five Ole Miss team, Florida comes out and blows the doors off them. I remember writing back then, this feels like, you know, a turnaround. It feels like the, this is the kind of game, like 2012 LSU, that you Jim win. Jim McElwain is the hottest coach on the, like, coaching yeah. market after that game. And it's crazy because it and was you feel, total 180 after that. You feel like it's it's turning around. And, and then, you know, obviously for a lot of reasons, Florida wasn't able to sustain that under McElwain. But I think it's been a little different so far under Dan Mullen. You know, you've had some of those games. You know, the Auburn game this year was, you know, it had the same type of feel to it. And, sure. and I think... For me, it feels a little bit more sustainable under Dan Mullen. So it's, it's really going to be interesting. I don't want to dive too heavily into that because, you know, we like to keep this podcast pretty short for you guys. But um, I, I think you're going to continue to see more of the type of stuff we saw in 07, 08, you know, where the, the real big Florida storylines are going to be these, these matchups against other powerhouses uh, where you have, you know, from year to year, there's some serious, serious storylines built up between really good programs and uh, I know I'm excited to see it. I know you're excited to see it. I know everybody listening to this uh, is extremely hopeful that we all get to see it this fall. So, guys, make sure you're uh, you're doing your social distancing and all that. Uh, just a little little PSA. Uh, if, if we're going to get back to college football, everybody's got to do their part. So that's going to do it for us on the show today, guys. We, we're still cranking out plenty of content on Swamp247.com. So if you're cooped up in your house, uh, you know, kids going a little crazy and you need a couple minutes, feel free to check it out. We'll be cranking out content, guys. We're not going anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.